For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And Arnie Sherman. You're listening to What Do You Know on News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. Arnie Sherman, a good Sunday morning. Good morning to you, Scott. It's always good to... Uh catch up with you on what's been going on. We're going to uh, today talk about something that's been happening over the last uh, week since uh, a week ago Saturday, which was the Amtrak rail um, problem, the derailment of the Amtrak train from Chicago to the West Coast, and bringing back one of our favorite uh, guests, Peter Goltz, who's former head of National Transportation Safety Board and Washington insider and lobbyist. And uh, we'll talk about you know, what's happened with uh, Amtrak and where things are, at least at this point in time. And then maybe talk more generally about uh, infrastructure in the U.S. and, you know, the, uh, you know, Washington being at loggerheads and, you know, where we stand, uh, you know, as a country, as we try to move forward on lots of issues that the public has general agreement on. Public generally agrees, by and large, that everybody, you know, on COVID vaccination, we agree in general by a large margin that we need infrastructure investment, but these things just don't seem to get done for political reasons. And we're going to ask Peter a little bit about what, what the, what take the current temperature of uh, what's going on in our nation's capital. Yeah. We were so fortunate to be able to have somebody of Peter's stature and his experience on our airwaves. So this is going to be a great conversation already. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I am as well. Okay. Back after this with our guest, Peter Galt. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Young people everywhere are making a difference. Special Olympics has changed my life so dramatically. It's helped me a lot to be fearless, you know, in the real world. My friends I've made through Special Olympics are the best people I've ever met in my life. I truly realize that what I'm doing is for a great cause. And it's not about disabilities, but it's about celebrating their abilities. I've made a difference. Now it's your turn to make a difference. Get involved at specialolympics.org. At the YMCA, people are the foundation of who we are and who we have been for nearly 170 years. You are the Y. And even though the Y may look a little different right now, our commitment to you remains as strong as ever. So stay with us. Stay connected with your Y. Stay connected with each other. Reach out to your local Y today and stay with us for a better us. You don't need to run all over the field fumbling around for all your party beverages. Just huddle up at Lolo Liquor and Wine. The perfect call is a stop at Lolo Liquor and Wine for a huge assortment of liquor, wine, and mixers. That includes a great selection of tasty canned cocktails that don't need mixing. Also, lots of wines in the can. Locally owned Lolo Liquor and Wine. Open Mondays through Saturdays in the Lolo Shopping Center. And visit lololiquorandwine.com. Unused prescription opioid pain medicines can spell trouble. They can spell risk if taken by someone they weren't prescribed for, harm if accidentally taken by a child or pet, or overdose if they're not used as directed. Safely dispose of opioids before they can hurt your family. Find a drug take-back option such as medicine drop boxes. You may find these in your community at local pharmacies or police stations. Visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. 
keep hundreds of dollars a month in wages in your pocket. At Pyramid Mountain Lumber, there is no out-of-pocket insurance premium cost for employees and their dependents. And Pyramid is offering a $500 hiring bonus. Entry-level positions with no experience necessary start at $17.40 an hour. Skilled positions up to $28.50 per hour. Great wages and great benefits with a family-run, locally-owned company. Multiple positions available. Applications online at PyramidLumber.com or call or stop by the office in CD Lake. Every weekend, Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate presents Missoula Real Estate Today on News Talk KGVO. Diane and her guests provide interesting information about the local housing market, along with industry-related topics and trends. Missoula Real Estate Today, presented by Diane Beck of Windermere Real Estate, Saturday mornings from 8 till 8.30, and again Sunday mornings from 10.30 till 11 on News Talk KGVO, FM 98.3 and AM 1290. Are you turning 65 soon or have already passed that milestone? When you work with an independent insurance agent, you should pick your insurance plan that fits your needs. This is Cody Steele. For 21 years, Cody Steele Agency has been specializing in your secondary coverage to Medicare for Western Montanans. Representing 23 companies allows me to provide you with many plans and coverage that you may be looking for. And that includes life insurance and fixed annuities. Find out and set up an appointment with me today, CodySteelAgency.com. That's steel with an E on the end. And let me help you choose the best plan for your golden years. Arnie, we are back with our guest, the Washington lobbyist, insider, and former head of the NTSB, Peter Galtz. Peter, welcome. Good to be with you guys. Uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure to chat with you about current events. And there's nothing more current in Montana at the moment, even though this may air later in the week, is uh, the Amtrak derailment in North central or northwest rural Montana, I mean, near a town of 200 people, you know, yeah. an Amtrak train with 141 people on board and 16 crew went off the track. I think there's a 10 cars. I think eight of them turned over. There are three people that have been died and 50 people injured. How does that, that happen? Well, it, 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 well, we'll, we'll find out. And I think we'll find out fairly quickly. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, railroads are kind of uh, old-fashioned infrastructure, so, so there's not a lot of rocket science. And uh, there's a lot of information that the investigators will, will be able to get from the event recorders on the train, the forward-looking uh, camera that's on the train, the forward-looking camera on trains that have passed over that uh, site uh, previously. My understanding is that it was that a second train had passed over that site uh, less than an hour before, and they'll look at that uh, tape very carefully. So I, th- I, th- I think that we'll, we'll get a pretty good, good, good handle on what what happened to this fairly quickly. You know, you spent a, a number of years uh, leading the, the National Transportation Safety Board. So what do they do when they get on site? They're going to show up in rural, you know, Montana. There have been people at the site already. Any local responders who've tried to help out and all that. What, what's the first thing that, that the NTSB people do when they get there? Well, you know, luckily, luckily there was a, uh, an NTSB rail investigator living in Montana, uh, working remotely. So he was able to get to the scene very quickly within, I think, six or seven hours. And generally what, what they try to do is lock down the site and preserve evidence and document everything they can. Because, you know, there's pressure from the, uh, from the railroad, from BS, BNSF to get the line open as quickly as possible. The high line is a heavily traveled, uh, rail line, primarily agricultural goods and stuff. So, so they want to get the, uh, the, the wreckage, uh, you know, pushed aside and cleared up and back on. But, uh, the, the first activities are the lockdown, the evidence. Let's, let's see what we got here. Get photographs of it, videotapes of it, and uh, and see what we got. So uh, it's been described that turbulence—I mean, that uh, derailment—is like extreme turbulence in an airplane. Has that been your experience for the for cars that go off the track and turn on their side, like some of these did? Well, sure. You're dealing with the, with the laws of physics, you know, <laughs> and the, those 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 uh, rail cars and engines. Uh, you know, I think the engine's probably 80 tons. So, so when, uh, when something that size, uh, 
you know, get, gets into an accident and has to stop suddenly is it plows up a lot of territory, but it throws a lot of power off, a lot of energy off and people get, get thrown around quite, uh, quite violently. And one of, one of the things that, 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 um, you know, designers do is, is they try and design the interior of rail cars with that mind. So, so that there aren't, uh, a lot of sharp, uh, edges and corners that, to, 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 to beat you up if, if you get into a wreck. But, but they'll investigate that fairly, fairly closely. Well, um, you know, the track- Empire, the Amtrak Empire Builder, that's what this train was, has sleeper cars on it. And there were right. people on the train taking naps or sleeping at that time. That must have been a surprising and shocking experience yeah. for them. Well, you probably ended up on the roof, uh, yeah. at least. And, uh, uh, right. The, the Empire, uh, Builder, you know, uh, maybe a hundred miles further west from the accident site splits into two trains. You know, one continues up to Seattle, the other with a couple of cars heads down to Portland. But it's a it's a beautiful line and uh uh it usually has a pretty good number of people on it. And I assume that's why it has two engines attached because it splits. Well it and it's and, and it's gotta climb it's it's gotta climb some 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 grades on the line and uh it's a uh uh, I say it's 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 a popular line, and this this accident apparently took place right at or just prior to a a, 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 a turnoff. You know, they, they it's a single track, but but they have turnoffs periodically so that faster or higher priority trains uh, can continue on the track, and uh, you know the the slower or less priority trains pull off onto a siding and then rejoin the main line. I think they'll look closely uh, at that switch to make sure, you know, that it was operating correctly. It's controlled remotely, uh, you know, from, from down in Texas. Uh, it's probably not an, it's probably not an issue of speed because mm-hmm. uh, BNSF has uh, positive train control in that section of the, uh, of, of the line, so so I'm sure the speed will probably not be a factor. They're going to some be looking. The, Go ahead. I was going to say some of the passengers said that the train felt bumpy for many miles. Would that be indicative of a suspension problem? Maybe. Well, it, it could. I wouldn't say a suspension, but they'll you know they they'll they'll look at two main three main areas. You know they'll they'll look at the track and the switching to make sure that the the the, the track didn't fail. It had been inspected just a few days before last Thursday. And then, then they'll look at the rail cars themselves to make sure that the, uh, that, that the wheels were, were, and the carriages were functioning properly. Some, sometimes the wheels can overheat, they can crack. Uh, but you know, there are, there are detection devices, uh, that, uh, that, that are supposed to pick that up. So. Peter, yeah. are you are you are you surprised that there aren't more accidents on some of these train lines? Well, you know, this is uh, the 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 last Amtrak accident was back in 2017 in Washington State. There was one that uh, was on its inaugural run, and uh, it was a speed issue. And prior to that, there, there was a two or three of them in the 19, 2015. 2016 area and uh, uh, in and, Philadelphia, uh, I remember there yeah, was one. There were two there, and uh, and Amtrak was was heavily criticized that they had uh, slipped in their commitment to safety. But but since that time, I think they they've been doing a pretty good job. And uh, this is I say this is only the second accident in five years, and uh, well, I think. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty good record. Got well, it. you know, the, there could be equipment problem, as you said. There could be, I, I suppose that, you know, there could be buckling of, of track, even though somebody had inspected it a little earlier. It's been hot and cold in Montana where it's been up to the nineties, you know, there and then down in the thirties at night. I mean, who knows? But it brings, it, 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 uh, it brings up a bigger question, which is, the state of the of infrastructure in general in the United States. 
I mean, you and I, Peter and, and Scott, have traveled abroad and have seen in Asia and in Europe these beautiful highways and you know state of the art bridges and uh, you know wonderful on time train stations with high speed trains. And then you drive through parts of the United States and it looked like 1950s. So yeah, it's, it, there is there is no question that that the, the status of infrastructure, whether it's the rail, the inner city rail service, whether it's uh, bridges uh, and uh, overpasses, is just in an appalling state. And uh, we have ignored uh, rail for decades or longer. I mean, the Europeans have such a superior system throughout Europe uh, and the UK in which, which the, uh, and, and in the Far East, China and Japan both have superior uh, inner city rail systems. I mean, the idea that, that uh, it still takes, you know, two hours and 40 minutes to get from Washington to New York City is just, Outrageous, and uh, you know we if if we if we don't make investments in these kinds of infrastructure, we're going to fall further and further behind, and uh, it's an embarrassment. Uh, and I hope uh, I hope the Congress gets to address it in the next couple of weeks. I'm doubtful, but I hope I hope they will. And, and why are you doubtful? And why haven't we done it? I mean, from your perspective, inside the Beltway, what's going on there? Well, you know, we, we are such a partisan country now. Now, if anyone thinks the other side, you know, if, if, if the Republican thinks that, that President Biden is going to score some points, uh, with, with a significant investment in infrastructure, no matter how much it's needed, they're going to oppose it. I mean, the idea that, that, uh, re- Republicans would, would not be supporting, uh, the uh, expansion of high-speed internet in rural America is beyond me. I mean, the idea I drove, uh, I drove from Washington to Annapolis, which is not going through any part of uh, rural America uh, uh, last week. And my phone dropped calls three separate times because it wasn't uh, the, the signal strength uh, from Verizon wasn't, ca- and I was on an interstate. I mean, the idea that, that, that this country is in such pathetic shape and that, that, uh, that, that it's not being addressed is really, uh, is, is really an outrage. And no matter what happens, even if we have an accident like that, it doesn't seem to get them any more energized in Washington. This notion of, you know, of bringing people together and all that kind of stuff just doesn't seem to have materialized. No, there's no, there's no bringing anyone together at this point. I mean, we are, you know, we are at each other's throats and, uh, you know, and, and really at the, at the core of it, uh, is, is Donald Trump and his continuing, uh, opposition to virtually anything of a positive nature in, in Washington. You know, his, his, his control over the Republican party is absolute. And uh, they are going to uh, sink or swim with with him at the head. And you know the idea that that that, that Mitch McConnell, who comes from you know this, the the state of Kentucky, which outside of the bluegrass country is really poor, the idea that that he is not fighting for uh, a greater investment in rural America is is beyond me. How do you explain uh, uh, Joe Manchin then, who is a Democrat in a also a poor state, and boy, he really toes the line and is kind of skating right up the middle when he could, in fact, be such a deciding factor to say we need to move forward and adopt well, our. He, yeah, he's either the forty ninth or the fiftieth vote for for the Democrats, and you know he takes a look at the demographics of of West Virginia. And, uh, they voted overwhelmingly for Trump. They are still, uh, right. very much, uh, supportive of Trump. Uh, you know, he is, he is, uh, not a guy of, uh, you know, the greatest political courage. Uh, he apparently wants to be reelected 
and uh, he's he he's going to uh, he he's going to kowtow to that. I mean, here we have. I mean, West 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 Virginia is getting walloped by the uh, by the COVID uh, pandemic again, and uh, you know there there's in, in case anyone doesn't know it, there's not a lot of health care in rural West Virginia, and people are dying, and it's because they're not vaccinated. And they're not vaccinated because they haven't been convinced that the, that, that the vaccine actually will save their lives. And it's, it's really quite, quite distressing. Let me flip to a, another issue. You talk about COVID and it brings up airline travel and, and uh, you know, um, consumer um, activities uh, in, in the transportation sector. How has the airline industry responded? Do you think they've done a good job? Do you think they're on the right path? Do you think they've done enough? Well, I do some work, you know, for the flight attendants of American Airlines. So I've been involved in this fight from the beginning. And I have to say, you know, that the the airline industry a year and a half ago was at the verge of complete and utter collapse. And uh, it has been salvaged. Uh, The reality is uh, that they're doing as good a job as they can right now. you know, a lot of uh, personnel took early retirement uh, or took buyouts. So, so there's there's not a lot of give in the system. You know, for instance, in flight attendants, you know, they they work ten hours a day. Uh, they they can be held for longer than that if if uh, if the planes are delayed. But but there's not a lot of reserve uh, crew anymore, and which which means that. Uh, you know, if, uh, if there's a weather incident, if there's a, a mechanical problem and people, it, it, it throws a monkey wrench into the system. Same thing is true for pilots. And the reality is the same thing is true for equipment. There just isn't, uh, isn't a lot of give in the system. But, but the reality is I think, uh, they've done a pretty good job. And if people wear their masks when they get on the plane, uh, which, uh, Apparently, some people find that offensive. Uh, they'll be they'll be pretty safe. They'll get off the plane with a very low chance of picking up uh, the, the the COVID uh, uh, the even Delta the variant. Delta variant. Uh, if 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 you follow the rules, I was on a flight recently where they escorted a family off the plane. I'm not sure how they got on the plane because you're supposed to be wearing your mask, but they refused to wear their mask on religious grounds during the flight. And they had to bring a marshal on. And then, you know, ultimately they finally had to escort him off the plane. You know, it was not violent or anything. It was peaceful. And we had right. to wait till their luggage came off. And so a hundred people were inconvenienced, you know, and uh, delayed several hours as a result of, uh, you know, some folks just uh, saying it was their right not to wear a mask. Well, and if they don't want to wear a mask, drive. Yeah, you know, and that's. I, mean, I don't see it any different than wearing a seatbelt. It's know, not on, any on different than wearing, wearing a seatbelt, or or being in some states require wearing a helmet. Uh, it's not. It's not any different than requiring drivers to have insurance. Uh, you know, it's 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 a mark of responsibility for the rest of society. And if people don't want to do it, then then uh, don't get on the plane in the first place. Right. Stay off. Peter, you know, talk a little more about what it is like in, you know, in Asia and in Europe and in different parts of the world where the more there's more sophisticated infrastructure vis-a-vis transportation, you know, connectivity. Like, can you kind of illustrate really the disparity of what, what we have versus what they have? Well, I, I know I've I've driven, uh, you know, I've I've traveled extensively in in Europe, a little bit in Asia, but extensively in Europe. And and the point is, you get uh, if if I would uh, two years ago before the pandemic started, I took a trip to Normandy because my father had landed on, on D Day, and I was in Paris. And my wife and I, we we were going to take the train to Cannes, and we had. Uh, you know, which is about a two-hour train ride. We had four or five different selections over a five-hour period. You know, we could take a high-speed uh, train that would get there in 45 minutes. We could take at one rate. We could take a slower train that would get there in an hour and 45. 
and the, the, the trains were clean. They were on time. They gave you a variety of service options. Um, in Spain, uh, traveling uh, between the major cities, you know, whether it's Barcelona or Seville or Madrid, uh, you know, the, the high speed trains run multiple times a day at a reasonable cost, cost. And they, uh, they, and the, the, there is really, uh, no comparison to, to public transportation in, uh, in Europe, uh, to the United States, then it's an embarrassment. And these are cleaner modes of transportation too, correct? So you're not They're, burning fossil fuels to get from point A to point B. Yeah, and, and you know, railways, uh, rail lines save a tremendous amount of fossil fuels. Yeah, you know, when I was in when I was in China, last time I was in China, I took the bullet train from Beijing to Shanghai. It's 800 miles. It cost $81 and it took four hours to go 800 miles on the train. Spectacular. Yeah. Here it takes what? 12 hours, 14 hours to go 800 miles, to go away 800 miles. Well, it goes over, it takes over four hours to get from Boston to New York and that's 230 miles. So have we deprioritized rail travel in favor of air travel as a country? I think we we uh, deprioritized it, uh, not just for air travel, but 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 for automobiles. Right. Now this is this is really you know the creation of the interstate system back in the fifties. I mean that that's where our priority was was, and that that's that's where where we what we subsidized, and that that's where we where we put the money into. So we've always had this sense of individualism. And so being in your car by yourself with your family is preferable to being in a group, right? I mean, it's still rearing its ugly head. We, we, we can't get past this individualism that it may not be good for us, but we do it anyway. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, it certainly has been one of the most spectacular marketing campaigns of all time to convince Americans that, in order to be, you know, <laughs> prosperous, successful, whatever, you have to have one, two, or three forty, fifty thousand dollar vehicles at your personal, dis- you know, right. um, disposal. When public transportation is much cheaper, even in Missoula, as you know, Scott, the bus system is free. Right, it's free. It's free, and people yeah. har- hardly use it. You know, yep. and, uh, and that's that. That's now true in in D.C. in Washington. Uh, the the cost. For public transportation, Alexandria, the buses are free and people don't use them. And uh, they're reducing uh, the fares on the Washington Metro to, to try and stimulate uh, a resurge in, in passenger ridership. And, and it costs a lot, not only for gas and all that, but the parking in Washington, D.C. and other big cities is extraordinarily high for a day. Well, you would think um, that would discourage people. Yeah. <laughs> but the real issue is is the carbon i mean is 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 the the the, the production of, of of carbon into the atmosphere that is you know just destroying our way of life well related are you feeling hopeful about how we're trying to convert to electric vehicles and uh you know each year another you know line of vehicles comes out and the big you know manufacturers are making a big push uh how are you feeling about that Scott, the reality is it's too little, too late. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the, there was a, a pretty in, in-depth article, uh, last week, uh, showing how the, uh, the climate change is affecting migrant, uh, patterns, that, that there are terrible droughts, not only in, the, in our Southwest, but throughout, uh, North and South America. That, uh, you know, I, we've noticed here in DC, uh, that the storm intensities are more frequent and more heavy. I mean, boy, when it rains here, it rains. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was never like that. And it's, it's been documented that, that this is, uh, this has been an extraordinary change in our weather patterns. And there are, you know, species of, uh, of plants and flowers that are gone now, not to return. And well, you know, it's interesting, you know, publicly, 
you know, Space Force and then privately Elon Musk and and uh, Jeff Bezos and other in the race to go to Mars and colonize other planets. They're willing to spend more money on getting to another planet than fixing the one they already live on. Yeah, well, it takes it's it's hard political decisions, and uh, it's 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 speaking a hard truth. You know, you, the the idea that to be a public uh, official and to look at the history of your own history of where maybe you were mocking uh, climate change 15 or 20 years ago. I mean, how can you look yourself in the mirror? What kind of future are we leaving for our children? I mean, it is it is a really uh, challenging time. I've talked to four or five um 20-somethings, not just in Missoula, but around the country, who are not going to have children because they're afraid of what the future is going to hold. Well, that's, they're personally yeah. the personal decision that they might not be able to change the future, but they don't want their kids to, you know, be at risk. On the other hand, I've heard other people who really believe that all this stuff, science is going to be able to fix it somehow. You know, I remember that, that, that one line from uh, the movie The Martian. You know, where he says, I'm going to science the hell out of this and be able to get they think somehow 20 years from now, 10 years from now, when, you know, when the stuff is out of control, there's going to be some kind of scientific miracle to fix it all. And that's not going to be the case. That's a hell of a bet to make. And uh, yeah. with 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 enormously uh, high stakes and, uh, you know, as uh, you know, they, they may be able to mitigate some of the effects. But the idea that there's going to be some silver bullet uh, invention that's going to say, "Oh, look what we got! We're on, you know, we're on yeah. easy street." Not, not going to happen. Yeah, it's like the way and, they fix cigarettes with putting filters on them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. But, but, that was the miracle cure. You know, what one thing you said, Arnie, is right. I mean, this is the first generation, you know, of of, of kids now where it's not likely that they'll have a better life than their parents. Sure. You know, when, when we were growing up and Scott, when you were growing up, we, we assumed and our parents assumed that we were going to have a better life than they had. You know, right. that's not the case anymore. And that is a terrible thing to think about. It really is. It really you know, is. Lots of the, not only are the priorities out of whack, but the cost structure is out of whack. I was just talking to someone today, in fact, who said talked about buying a car and they can't afford one. And I said, you know, when I made when I was making twenty thousand dollars a year, a car was three thousand dollars. Right now, somebody making that same job, maybe they pay sixty thousand dollars now, but that car is forty thousand right. dollars. You know, thirteen, fourteen times the price comparatively. And uh, you know, you know, and we all know the difference and disparity between. Average workers and CEO salaries have, you know, have gone up hundreds and hundreds of times what they used to be. Um, I have a good friend who's, uh, who's, whose father was the, was a, in the sixties was the president and CEO of a fortune 500 company and his salary was $50,000 a year. You yeah. Know, and, and they live very nicely on it. That job now pays $5 million a year. It's and the workers in the factory then were making about $25 an hour. They're only making about 35 now. So there really has been, you know, all of that's going on at the same time. You know, we're trying to grapple with, you know, what are the effects of all this and who's going to be most affected by it? Let's do a quick ID. Our guest is Peter Goltz. Our, he is the former head of the NTSB and Washington insider, lobbyist, and frequent guest on What Do You Know? Peter, do you have any hope that with everything kind of coming together at one time, climate change, infrastructure weakness, and, you know, the next generation of, of, of folks kind of uh, 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 opting not to start families, that there, there, there could be some type of sea change in policy and how we govern as a country? Because if we keep going in this direction, we're going to crash, right? Well, you know, and it's it's interesting, Scott. I, I could I, I would encourage people uh, to read a, a rather lengthy article in Sunday's Washington Post by a guy named Bob Kagan, who has been on their editorial board for for years, and and this is a a real tome uh, on his 
fear uh, for the future. And uh, from from his perspective, and he's he's been a a, a smart guy and uh, a reasonable guy and a balanced guy for 30 years. His view is is that that we are really uh, as a country facing a precipice and uh, and that we're teetering. And uh, I think uh, I think we, we we have some very hard choices to make in the in the next uh, three years. Uh, a lot of them will be in the election of 2022, and then more importantly in the election of 2024. And uh, that that we just uh, people need to, to 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 think this one through very carefully. Because because we are and as you say, Bob Bob Kagan's article is a must read if you're concerned about where we're headed. I'm going to read that. I, you know, for both of you, since you've traveled extensively internationally, what's the version of the the you know the die in the wool red you know conservative uneducated person in Spain look like or in Italy look like or in China look like, you know, they don't have a voice in those countries because they are uneducated and poor. But yeah. here, this group and mass seems to marshal one individual and, and they have a big voice. Well, there's a couple of things, you know, about that. One is they have a vehicle to magnify you know it's like it's like a uh, you know megaphone which is fox news you know and and making some of the issues and some of the support of those issues to be a lot larger than it may really be i mean sure. we've talked about this before and peter knows this because he's a he's an astute student of history but a majority of americans in the revolutionary war supported the british you know, they didn't support the independence of the United States. A few months before World War II, 80 plus percent of Americans were against entering the war. Arguably the most popular president, you know, you know, of the last hundred years or so was Franklin Roosevelt. He got elected four times. There's still the best election he had still 40 percent of the people voted against him. I mean, he no. saved us from the Great Depression. He did all that stuff. This country has always had a split. The, the, the difference has been that majority has generally ruled and the minority, you know, position had, had not been escalated to a point that it was equal or greater than the majority position. It turned around with Ronald Reagan when your famous silent, you know, silent majority. Right. It was never a majority. They just, that was a good phrase to coin. You know, and now we have we have a situation here where where many of the people who are you know anti-science, you know, take a contrarian position no matter what, you know, scream out against the, the government that they rely on for food stamps and for all these other services. They turn, you know, it's it's become a, it's become a very polarized, as Peter said, position and one that makes it almost impossible to govern in a positive way. I don't know what your thoughts are, Peter. Well, no, you can't. I mean, politicians do not get rewarded by making compromises. And, you know, and all the things you mentioned, Arnie, are all true. And then you have the issue, the undercurrent of race, which is really a poisonous history in our country. And, and you know, we, 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 we've never acknowledged it. We've glossed over it. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've, uh, refused to acknowledge, uh, the inherent privilege that, that comes with, with, with being white. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is a, an overlay that is very hard to get away from. You know, in, in Alexandria, and Arnie, you lived in Alexandria. You know, it's, it's arguably one of the most beautiful towns, uh, you know, in the mid Atlantic. It is gorgeous. It has a very upbeat, uh, uh, you know, a, approach to its to its history, and unfortunately, it's wrong. Uh, you know, it was the second largest uh, area of uh, uh, of slave importation, and they had some of the largest slave auctions in the country outside of 
of, of Richmond and, uh, and New Orleans in Alexandria. Uh, as late as the turn of the century in 1900, uh, we had two individuals that were lynched right on Main Street in Alexandria at King and, and Cameron. And they were left hanging there for, uh, for days. And it's just, you know, we, we have, uh, I mean, we, that, we, we can't underestimate the, the appalling, uh, influence that, 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 uh, that, that racial prejudice has had on our country's history and, uh, and on our history today. I mean, the current, I mean, just recently, you know, Tucker Carlson was peddling a conspiracy theory that we're trying to replace legacy Americans, which means white Americans, with more obedient people from faraway countries. And it's been endorsed by people like my, you know, Matt Gadsden and other congressmen. I mean, they're taking this kind of stuff seriously. You know, it's crazy. Well, remember, you know, you, you mentioned Franklin Roosevelt, you know, in the late thirties and early forties before Pearl Harbor. Uh, the Nazi Bund, uh, packed over 20,000 people into Madison Square Garden. And, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people felt, uh, that, uh, Charles Lindbergh, uh, you know, had he, had he run, uh, in 1940 could have beaten Roosevelt. And he was and, a Nazi sympathizer. Well, he was certainly sympathetic. Yes. You know, and, you know, one, one of the great things about Lindbergh, that, that people, you know, and it's just to show how history gets, gets written and then doesn't get written. He was, uh, you know, uh, married to Anne Morrow Lindbergh, who was a, a wonderful author in her own right and a figure in her own right. And, uh, after Lindbergh died, it was revealed that he had not one, not two, but three complete families that he was married to in Germany with children. And of course, nobody believed it until they did the DNA testing. And he had a number <laughs> of kids and, and he, had, he had gotten married again and again in Europe uh, after the war. Kind of an it all goes back to it. You can blame air travel on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you blame something. But it's uh, oh my God. You no, know, I think the race issue is, is an issue and it, it raises a lot of hackles on people on both, you know, on any part of the political, you know, spectrum. You know, the whole thing of Black Lives Matter, you know, versus All Lives Matter. I mean, they're not equal in terms of what they mean right. and what they represent and what they speak about. But it's it's very easy in this era where where uh, everybody thinks of themselves as an expert on a topic because they've done research, you know, and uh, the research is, you know looking up one article or two articles that appears on your favorite, you know, website of choice. It just, it just makes it much more difficult to have any kind of consensus building. I mean, how do you build consensus on anything? You can't, there's no such thing as consensus anymore. You know, and that's, and that's, that's the problem, you know, and uh, we're split down the middle uh, and it's going to stay that way for the immediate future. Well, what's interesting about saying it's split down the middle, there's an argument that could be made that says the middle is is disproportionately weighed because of the way the United States Senate is set up, where every state gets two senators, regardless of how many people are in the state. We have two senators in Montana. We have a million people. California has 47 million people and has two senators. You know, and so you got the whole South and, you know, Peter, as again, as a historian, that was partially done, you know, back, you know, prior to the Civil War in order to appease the South and to keep slavery, you know, as part of the American uh, landscape. Yeah, they the uh, the economy was based on it. Three fifths, uh, you know, they they needed to have uh, a balance against the uh, what what they viewed as the tyranny of the urban North. Yeah, you know, and uh, and we 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 paid a price for that uh, ever since. Is there any? Uh, you know, if you look back, if if you look back, you know the the myths that we have. One of the one of the great uh, uh, unveilings in the past year and a half has been the myth of the uh, 
of of the uh, the glorious South, you know, and uh, the idea. Uh, there, there was an article written uh, just a couple of weeks ago by the um, head of the history department of West Point, who said that not only was uh, General Lee a lousy general, you know, and a miserable human being, and the way uh, way that he uh, he treated his own slaves and stuff, but that, that he threw away tens of thousands of lives through faulty military uh, decisions. And, you know, God, it caused an, out, an outcry. You know, how could we be, be you know, picking on the, on the great glorious reputation of General Lee as a lousy uh, str- strategic thinker, besides being a miserable human being? <laughs> Is there any yeah. foreign... Both of you, question to both of you, who's doing, who's governing and creating policy well, uh, in the, in the Western kind of, uh, world, right? Is, uh, the United Kingdom doing any better or Germany? Everyone's kind of. Well, there's an election in, in Germany. Germany. And it looks like a new coalition government's going to be built, you know, not with Merkel's party as the lead party. Right. The Social Democrats won that. Here's my bucket list for the day. Read an article on a new subject. Say only nice things about others. And listen to everyone's opinions. Because making things better requires change. Now these changes aren't going to show up on your news feed, but they're things I can do. So change something today. It's not going to change the entire world, but it's going to change your world. Change is in you. From PassItOn.com. Get the latest on Grizzly football with a head coach every Wednesday. It's the Grizzly Football Coaches Show, live from Finn inside the Doubletree Hotel. Head coach Bobby Hogg joins the voice of the Grizz, Riley Corcoran, to recap the last game and look ahead to the next opponent. Join us live at Finn inside the Doubletree. But if you can't make it, you can catch it on the radio. The Grizzly Football Coaches Show, 6.30 to 7.30 Wednesday evenings on News Talk KGVO, FM 98.3 and AM 1290. And in Hamilton on 1240 KLYQ. Has your child swallowed your medicine, your laundry detergent, your nail polish remover? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you inhaled paint thinner, blue pesticides? Call the Poison Helpline. Have a question about a dose, a fume, something your kid just drank? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. My big sister Jenna's face turned bright red. She was just showing people online how to use a new cream. She still has the scars. Real products are tested for safety. My brother's friend Billy had to jump off his motor scooter when it caught fire. He fell and got hit by a car. Blew his chances to play basketball in college. Go for real. Visit ncpc.org slash go for real. Brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the United States Patent and Trademark Office. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. For breakfast, lunch, and dinner, find yourself in Paradise. Paradise Falls starts serving at 7 a.m. daily, featuring all your traditional breakfast favorites as well as Paradise Falls specialty items. For lunch and dinner, there's a full menu of burgers, steaks, sandwiches, pizzas, salads, and lots of other Falls favorites. And sports fans love all the TVs to watch the NFL, Montana Grizzly teams, a selection of local high school games, and more. Family-friendly Paradise Falls open 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. 3621 Brooks in Missoula. There are a a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you're someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. MatchingDonors.com. More and more Missoula area residents are asking for a lower cost, simple cremation option. 
Just Cremation Montana is the answer. Local, compassionate, and experienced with a commitment to provide dignified cremation options at the lowest price. For families who just want cremation or additional services, Just Cremation Montana's licensed funeral directors and support staff can assist your family during one of the most difficult times in your life. Visit JustCremationMT.com. That's JustCremationMT.com. Did you know there are laws that protect the health and safety rights of agriculture workers? And if you or a loved one is dealing with coronavirus, your rights may include required details about your job and pay, payment at the proper rate for every hour you work, safe transportation, and safe and clean housing. For more information and free help, call 866-4-US-WAGE or visit worker.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Labor. All right, Arnie, we are back with our guest, Peter Goltz. So looping back to our original story about the uh, about the Amtrak problem here, let's assume they figure out what happened and they fix it. What what, what happens after that? What generally well, happens? What? Well, what happens is is the the investigators they'll, they'll start giving daily briefings on scene for the next uh, five or six days, and then then they'll wrap it up and go home uh, to DC. They'll they'll take with them. Uh, pieces of the track, pieces of the wheel. If there was a wheel problem, they'll take. Is there a black box on the train? Yes, there are. There's an event recorder. It's not as it's not as comprehensive or as complex as a aviation black box. Uh, you know, on a on a Boeing or an Airbus, they they can uh, monitor 300 plus uh, different uh, parameters of the aircraft. But this that this will give you speed, direction, braking. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. It's, 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 and it's indestructible. So I'm sure it's in good shape. Uh, they'll, they'll look at the event recorders. They'll interview the crews. And as I say, they'll, they'll look at the, the front end camera of both this train and any other trains that, that were passing in the area. And uh, I say, I think we'll have a pretty good picture pretty quickly, uh, on what happened. Thank you, Peter, for your insider perspective we don't always get this kind of information about how these things unfold and what happens and all that we we appreciate hearing it from you all right happy to be here thank you again peter we appreciate it all right arnie i will see you next week see you next week scott take care take care thank you for listening to what do you know i can't wait for the next show scott I'm excited too, Arnie. If you'd like to suggest a guest, send me an email at scottrichman at townsquaremedia.com. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to News Talk KGVO. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.